0: Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Brittany. I'm filling in for Lainey while she's out on maternity leave. I'm an editor and researcher for her other podcast, but I'm so excited to be working on It's Haunted, What Now? I'm a big fan. We're well past the halfway to Halloween point of the year, and I don't know about you, But I'm starting to keep an eye out for those upcoming spooky specials in all areas pretty soon. Summer is lovely, don't get me wrong. But Halloween? Halloween is a state of mind. One that we absolutely embrace here on the It's Haunted What Now team. And speaking of that scary state of mind, we've got quite the collection of stories for you today that will really get you into that mindset. Okay. Ready to get spooked? Our first story today is from five great kids. They come to us today with a terrifying vision they experienced when they were younger. One that they surely won't be forgetting anytime soon. My paranormal event took place when I was 18 and living in Northern California. It was around 10 p.m. and everyone had just gone to bed. I was sitting at the dining room table, turned away from the window that faced the street. I decided to stay up a bit late in order to curl my hair. As I was brushing my hair out in the mirror in front of me, I started to hear tapping on the glass window behind me like someone was tapping on it with their fingernail. I wasn't sure what was going on. So I stopped to listen. Fear started to creep into my thoughts. I kept repeating to myself, don't look into the mirror. Don't look into the mirror. I sat paralyzed with fear, not sure what to do. I knew whatever it was, It wasn't going to be good. I knew someone or something was trying to get my attention. I instinctively knew that if I looked into the mirror, I was going to be horrified by what I saw. I wasn't able to move or call out to my parents. I just sat like that for a while. The tapping continued. Tap tap, tap, whatever it was, I knew it was trying to get my attention. Eventually curiosity got the best of me. I looked into the mirror and saw what I can only describe as the devil, deep red fleshy face, green eyes, horns, For a quick second, we locked eyes. I quickly reacted by screaming and jumping out of the chair. Everything went flying across the room. I ran to my parents' bedroom where I found a closed door. And if you grew up in the 70s, you know, you don't dare barge into your parents' room when the door is closed. I proceeded to bang on the door, screaming for them to open it. At that point, Everyone heard my screams and came running out of their rooms to see what was going on. I stood there shaking and crying, telling them that I'd seen the devil. My dad grabbed a bat and ran out the front door. I waited in the house with the rest of the family. 10 minutes later, my dad returned, unable to find anything outside. I was hysterical. There was no way to calm me down. My dad finally gave me a shot of tequila and it seemed to help. After my younger siblings went to bed, I told my parents the full story of what had happened. They believed that I saw something, but thought it was the crazy neighbor's son messing with me. I know for a fact it wasn't human. I don't think I slept that night or the next. I will never, ever forget that face. I know for certain there are things out in this world that can't be explained. Most people will live their entire lives never experiencing anything like this. Believe me, I wish it had never happened to me. It is forever ingrained into my memory. Thankfully... I have never seen the demon again. To me, this seems like one of those core fears that we all seem to share. Looking at our reflection in a mirror and seeing something that isn't our own familiar face looking back. I don't know what I would have done in this situation. But honestly, screaming and running away seems like a very good place to start. Our next story comes from Mary H. She brings us the story of an uneasy presence in her father's home. One that remains unexplained to this day. So describe myself as a skeptic when people ask if I believe in the paranormal when I think back to my childhood home though there are just some things that I can't explain with my own logic I've tried talking about these incidents with my sisters and they have vague memories of strange stuff and even my mom was scared of being alone at times but I was the only one with an actual encounter as far as we know. To start off, the house is old. I don't recall exactly how old, but I think it was built around the late 1700s. My memory might be completely wrong about that. We moved away seven years ago, and the history lessons weren't really of interest to me at that time. My mom and dad divorced when I was really young, And so my mom lived in another house that gave me no bad vibes at all. Every time I stepped into dad's house, though, I felt the urge to keep my back safe. I felt that something was watching me. For the longest time, I slept downstairs. Every night, I just knew that I wasn't alone. I used to curl up into a ball and fall asleep sweating from fear. Some mornings, I would wake up completely soaked from sweating so much, and I would tell myself to pretend to sleep so that they wouldn't hurt me. When my sisters moved out, I took over a small room upstairs so that I would be closer to my dad. Thing is... I hated going into my dad's bedroom at night. It was the room in the house that gave me the worst vibes. The room had a wardrobe that took up an entire wall, complete with sliding mirrored doors. I don't know why, but that wall of mirrors made me so uncomfortable. I admit that all of these could just be the instincts and fears of a scared child who was afraid of the dark and of being alone. But there was an incident that still to this day makes me question my own logic. The small bedroom I'd moved into was right next to the stairs. Usually, I'd spend my time up there playing with Legos until my dad called me downstairs for dinner. This particular day, I was sitting there playing when I suddenly heard my door handle make a sound. At first, I thought it might be my dad, but it was so weird. Suddenly, the handle moved down, and then even slower went back up again, and the door didn't open. I was confused until I realized I hadn't heard the creak of the stairs before the handle moved. And I knew that my dad was downstairs getting some work done in his hobby room fixing electronics until dinner time. After a moment of shocked silence, I called out for him. No answer. I thought that maybe he was pranking me, but he never had the time or energy to do so, so that didn't make sense either. I waited for a while then mustered up the courage to open up the door. Nothing. The silence made it all even scarier. I ran downstairs to my dad and asked him if he had pranked me or gone up to my room and then somehow changed his mind and went downstairs again. He seemed surprised at the question, and he told me that no, he hadn't. I told him what had happened, but he didn't quite believe me. He blamed it on the doors being old and the cold weather making the wood and the doors somehow move the handle. I don't know. We've talked on this show before about the reasonable scientific explanations for these sorts of bad feelings that people get in certain buildings or places. As I read through some of these stories, though, I'm wondering how many of them are truly about the explanation for it or the feeling of terror that it creates, regardless. The fear at the end of the day is more real than anything. Our next story comes from Rare Experience 3312 with a story that both is and isn't their own. Back around 2009, while I was away in the military, my friend was back home in Ohio. One day, he told me a story about how for the past few nights, he'd seen me walking down the street. The first day, he attempted to holler at me through the window. Apparently, I ignored him and disappeared off into the shadows. The second day, same thing. He saw me walking down the street, and that time he tossed something at me to get my attention. The object, a plastic bone, hit me. He saw me stop, bend down to grab what he had thrown at me, and once again disappear into the shadows. The third day, when he woke up in the morning, the plastic bone he'd thrown at me was back in his bedroom. Initially, he thought nothing of it, until he realized the day before he'd thrown that thing out the window. At that point, he started to freak out a little. On the evening that third day, he heard a voice down in his living room. He assumed it was his mom watching TV until he saw her in her bedroom fast asleep. He started to go downstairs and when he was halfway there, the talking stopped and suddenly there was a knock at the door frightened he ran back up to his room and I can only assume cower like a child he continued with the story telling me about a dream he'd had of me that night in which I ground up his cats into little patties and offered him a burger made of his cats on the fourth day he received a voicemail it wasn't from my number but it was my voice what? I apparently asked You didn't want the bone back? Why didn't you eat the burger I gave you? He immediately called me and told me to stop playing with him because it wasn't funny. I assured him that I was still down in Virginia and suggested that he call my mom just to be sure. Later that night, he said he saw me in his bedroom just looming over his bed watching him. I apparently gave him a very impish smirk. Before suddenly detaching my jaw and lunging at him. Immediately, he ran to his mother's room and told her everything. Now, their family was a bit more religious at the time, and so they called their local pastor to come and bless the house. They asked him what it could be, and the pastor told him that it could be my doppelganger or some sort of negative entity taking the shape of someone that my friend trusted. Fast forward to today. This friend and I were hanging out and the story came up. He added that after the pastor blessed the house, there was only one incident that stood out in his mind. When he found his cat laying dead at his front door, he told me that it looked misshapen, distorted, as if not manipulated by man. After hearing this story initially, and again today, my skin still crawls that there may be another one of me just waiting out there. remember reading a theory once that eventually there will be enough people in the world that everyone will have at least one doppelganger out there and that very rarely will these two people ever meet. Thinking about it is one thing to have one confronted in your own life. I'm not sure I'd be able to cope. Our next story comes from 96 Aquarius they have a story for us about a series of strange occurrences that seem to be attached not to a house, but to their boyfriend's family. Ever since I was a kid... I always thought that I've seen things. Ghosts through the patio doors or something lurking at the top of the stairs. Every night when I went to sleep, I would stare at the TV at the foot of my bed. In the reflection of the TV, I saw a man standing in the doorway. He was there every night. When my sister moved out, I saw shadows on the wall in the shape of a figure in the same place every night I used to stare at the outlines of other objects in the room trying to make sense of the occurrence I could never find out what caused the shadows I used to see things in my teens I swore that the same shadowy figure passed my bedroom every day my grandma died in the house and I just told myself that it was her I stopped seeing as many things when my Nana died. I waited to see her, to feel some form of her, and I got nothing for years. Two years after my Nana died, I was washing pots in the kitchen. When I finished, I turned around and clear as day, she was sitting in a chair watching me. I screamed, looked the other way, and told her to never do it again. I didn't see anything for years. This leads me to what followed. I met my boyfriend nine years ago. He lived with his parents, his three sisters, and one of their partners. They lived in a large five bedroom house. Every person that lived in that house had some form of creepy experience. My boyfriend was 17, and I was 16. Two of his sisters were in their 20s, and the third sister was just a toddler. They had a lot going on at the time, and their family was going through a bit of a rough patch. I only mention this because I've heard that negative things can attach themselves to people when they're going through a bad time. The house was old and dark, and the staircase always gave me the creeps. It was a narrow staircase that led to a small landing where the stairs turned. On the first landing, there were three rooms. My boyfriend's, the main bathroom, and his youngest sister's nursery. The turn of the stairs led to another landing where there were three large bedrooms. I never wanted to go up that second set of stairs. Even thinking about them gave me the creeps. My whole body went cold, my skin prickled. I would run from the bathroom and into my boyfriend's room every time, not daring to look up at that second landing. My boyfriend always used to get odd scratches on his body. I can remember questioning the claw marks on his back, but he never had an answer as to how they had appeared. They occurred even when he had been sleeping or just sat playing video games for hours on end. They were definitely claw marks, like someone had done it to him with long nails. I doubt it was an accident. He kept his fingernails short, and I don't know if he could reach those areas of his back without trying pretty hard. They always seemed fresh when I saw them. The skin was still raised from just being raked across. I was the only person out of all of us that never saw or experienced anything. I only remember the feeling that someone was there. Someone was watching me. The others in the house saw shadowy, unexplained figures and vivid experiences with a child standing at the end of a bed. There was even an instance where his dad saw feet coming into the bedroom while everyone was downstairs. They ended up moving from that house and into another house on the same road. It was another large house. I can remember viewing it in the full light of day and not feeling anything in particular. But then they moved in. The night they got the keys, my boyfriend's family and I were all downstairs, except his youngest sister, who by then had turned four, who was playing upstairs in her bedroom while my boyfriend's two eldest sisters had moved out, they were all there that night. Everyone who had originally lived in the first house. We had told his youngest sister where we were and to come downstairs if she needed us. We were all laughing together when we suddenly heard a piercing scream. We ran upstairs, but we couldn't find her. We searched her bedroom and the playroom, but nothing. No more crying or screaming either. Just silence. It was my boyfriend who found her. She was curled at the top of the loft stairs against a small cupboard door. She couldn't speak to him. She could only cry. We asked her why she had gone upstairs and not down to see us if she had gotten scared. She never told us why she went to the loft. I, like everyone else, had an eerie feeling about two of the back bedrooms in the house. I despised one corner of the little sister's bedroom. It was rounded in the corner, and it felt almost dark, like I shouldn't be there. The little sister never slept in her own room. She played in her bedroom, but she always slept in her parents' bed. I would often walk past her bedroom, hearing her whisper under her breath in the same corner place behind the door, It wasn't like make-believe play, it was like a one-sided conversation that would stop when I got closer. For such a little girl, she was quite secretive. Everyone was in agreement that those two bedrooms had an odd feeling. Even my boyfriend, who doesn't really believe in the paranormal. We all had the same feeling about that first night that the little sister had run up the stairs to the loft because she had seen something in that room that terrified her. It was the scream. There was something about that scream that told us that she was in danger and that someone was there with her. That same night, I had my own experience. I hadn't seen anything for years since that night I'd seen my Nana in the kitchen. After that, I'd only felt things like my hatred of that staircase in my boyfriend's old house or the dark corner in his little sister's bedroom. I was in university, and I still felt like I was scared of the dark. I never wanted to walk alone at night, and if I needed to use the toilet during the night, I'd wake up my boyfriend to walk me down. That night, I woke him up as usual, and we went downstairs together with me walking ahead of him. I was sitting on the edge of the bath waiting for him, looking out of the open door and out onto the landing. I looked towards the dark corner of the room that I was so scared of, and I saw something. I always doubted myself and my experiences, telling myself that I was always young, making shadows coming from objects or the way that the light streamed in the room. So in that moment, I stared at the corner of the landing, trying to find a reason for what I was seeing. I stared, waiting for the shadowy figure to merge itself into a coat hanging from a hook, or to disappear and melt into the wall. It didn't fade like I had expected. The longer I stared, the more apparent the figure became. A dark, Looming shadow that felt like it was staring at me from the corner I ran towards my boyfriend my eyes firmly closed I had to walk past the place that I was so certain I had seen something watching me just to get back into bed as I walked by there was nothing there no coat, no object nothing that could create that figure I didn't see anything else I was scared As time passed, I still felt like I was being watched. Doors would open. That tiny cupboard at the top of the stairs was often open in the morning where it hadn't been the night before. They moved from that house after about two years. There was nothing I remember seeing in that next house. There was nothing whilst we traveled. But I will say one thing. When we talk about what happened in those houses with my boyfriend present you can bet that there would be scratches on his body afterwards that weren't there before. I used to be scared that there was something there, following him, somehow attached to him, and coming out when it was spoken about. We traveled for a year before moving into my childhood home, the place where I'd seen all those shadowy figures when I was little. One night, I awoke when my boyfriend was downstairs playing games to see a large, shadowy figure looming over the edge of the bed, watching me sleep. Sometimes, I think it's still there. I can see it out of the corner of my eye, something that never happened when I was growing up. It feels like the figures are getting closer. When I told my parents, they said it could be a family member watching over me and not to be scared but I don't get the best feeling from the shadowy figure that watches me sleep. Would I even know if it was a family member or something else? Any sort of story that has a physical evidence of a haunting is a one-way ticket to giving me the creeps. There's so much that we can explain away to ourselves, but there's just something about scratches and bruises from an unknown source that really spooks me. Hopefully by the time I'm reading this these strange occurrences have died down for you and if not good luck. Our final story today comes from Nephrodite seeing us off with terrifying visions of what they themselves have seen in the dark. I first saw them just before I began middle school. Ironically, this was almost my most vivid recollection of them. It was on my way to my aunt's house rather late at night. I remember looking out the window when I saw a black, wolf-like figure bounding across the top of a warehouse before falling off. I was so shocked and amazed, I even turned to look where it fell before the warehouse left my vision. Later on that same night I was in my cousin's room playing Minecraft when once again I saw this wolfish figure run across my vision. It was made of blocks like everything else in the game and I remember watching it go quickly across a segment of ice like a blur before leaving the screen. I asked my cousins if they had seen it too and they hadn't. I also remember that same night sitting on a folding chair and looking towards the entrance to the bedroom. Near the door was a strange creature. It vaguely looked like a weasel, inky black and standing on its hind legs staring at me. It wasn't until I blinked that it vanished. And to this day, it's the most vivid shadow I've seen. From there... I would be going through my days seeing these little shadows poking through the corners of my vision. It didn't matter if I was tired or when it was dark, they would still reveal themselves towards me. Around my freshman year, they increased in frequency following the decline of my mental health. They would pop up so unexpectedly, startling me and making me uneasy. It wasn't until I was prescribed certain medication did it seem they all but vanished to never be seen again. I know my therapist, family, and doctors tell me it was because of the mental illness that I saw these shadows and that the medication helped create the imbalance. It wasn't until one night, laying in bed, that that all changed. I was always terrified of the dark, and that night I just... Accepted it. Talking into the inky blackness of my room, I told the dark that I wasn't scared anymore, and I was actually glad that I had it in my life. Even though it scared me, I grew to enjoy the solace and peace that it brought me at times. Ever since then, I've noticed that when my medication doesn't help, those little shadows will reappear in the corners of my vision. They disappear just as quickly as soon as I look towards them. But now, seeing them makes me feel safe and calm. I know there isn't really any way of proving all this. It's all from almost a decade of seeing them. But it also concerns me. I'm not sure if it's from my head or if it's actually real. I want to take the opportunity here to draw back to what I said earlier after a different story. Just because you might have an explanation for strange phenomena, that doesn't necessarily make them less real. Your fear and terror is what's real. And those are what affect you more than anything. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email Lainey at hauntedpod at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram, it's hauntedwhatnow, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance by Rebecca Lopez. Writing assistance by Meg Williams. The official composer for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at @wetalkofdreams or wetalkofdreams.com. Audio engineering provided by Chase at Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that?